listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Uh, one of the things, I'm glad to have Pastor Nathan on, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is uh, the power of uh, instruction, being led by the Spirit. And um, one of the cool things I wanted you to kind of talk about is uh, maybe those of you that are watching or listening have heard about uh, the Brownsville revival that went on in Pensacola, Florida. Um, Pastor Nathan went to that Bible school. So was it called Fire? No, it was called... uh BRSM, Brownsville Revival School okay. of Ministry. Did they change it later? Later on, yeah. Okay, and it was something, was it something fire? Or yeah, no? it was a Fire School of Ministry. That's right, Fire School of Ministry. But you went like right as the uh, revival was happening. Yeah, it was right in the heat of it, you know. Okay. And, uh, so, you know, there were there were literally thousands of people coming from around the world uh, to be a part of it. And salvations every night. It, w- it was really a... Um, you know, every movement has different dynamics to it, every move of God. And it was, uh, it was a big salvation, repentance. Um, and, uh, there were, there were, you know, there were obviously healings, miracles, but it was predominantly salvation, repentance, um, and, and like a big prayer, you know, and people just getting right, living right for God. So that's awesome. Well, of course the, um, evangelist Steve Hill, mm-hmm. who was there, if you don't know the story about the Browns revival, uh, Dr. Cho prophesied it from mm-hmm. Korea. Uh, the, he was praying and asking the Lord, where will the next move of God take place? The Lord had him spin his globe in his office. He said, put your finger down. And the globe came to rest and his finger was on Pensacola, Florida. And he had never even heard of Pensacola, Florida. And he started to prophesy from his pulpit, revivals coming yeah. to Pensacola, Florida. Well, Pastor Kilpatrick heard that from Pensacola, canceled his Sunday night service, and started holding prayer services yeah. every single Sunday night. So much so to the point, I heard him say this, people left his church because mm-hmm. they said, you're getting too much into prayer. Yeah. They're going overboard on prayer. Um, and I think it was his, uh, was it his mother that passed away or was yeah. sick? And they, it was on Father's, Father's Day, Day, right? Steve Hill, uh, yeah. And he didn't preach because he was dealing with his, his family issue. And so he had a guest in to speak at the church, Evangelist Steve Hill. And uh, it was on that Father's Day, 95, That's it. Uh, the revival broke out. Yeah, power of God hit the place. It was that morning. Um, they held a service that night, and then it just went um, for really about 10 years strong. Really? Yeah, almost 10 years strong. Um, you know, we were there in 98. Okay. So it was still In the warm. heat of the revival. Yeah, in the heat of it. And uh, they had launched a school out of that. And, uh, over Dr. 20, Michael Brown was there at the Dr. time. Dr. Michael Brown, over 1,200 students uh, were there when I was there um, in just you know, a few years because the school didn't launch till I believe it was 97, 96, 97. Okay. Um, so it was, uh, you know, it was just a young school, but mm-hmm. it was uh, marked by the fire of God. And um, prayer was one of the big emphasis, soul winning, obviously. Yep. And uh, so it was, it was powerful. Yeah, you know, it's powerful. Absolutely, and the uh, the uh, the revival, the the Brownsville revival, was so intense. People would uh, stand outside the building, line up hours and out, like in the yeah. morning yeah. to get in at night, oh, yeah. and uh, just a real hunger for God. And uh, somebody, I was with Pastor Drost, and they were talking about they're talking to Lyndall Cooley, who mm-hmm. was the praise and worship yeah. guy throughout the whole thing. And uh, they said, how would you spend time, you know, with that kind of a, uh, an intense revival going on where you're just all hours of the day and night, how did you personally spend time with God? Mm. They were asking Lyndall Cooley. And he said, you know what I did? He said, I really set up a keyboard and a stand mm. next to my bed. Wow. And he said, I would literally wake up in the morning and just kind of swing my legs over and I'd already be at the keyboard. Wow. He said, and I would just start playing and doing personal worship and personal devotion with God. He said, I would just keep my Bible on the keyboard. And he said, it'd be next to my mm-hmm. bed. I'd swing my legs out of bed and I would start, uh, I'd read the word, I'd worship, I'd mm-hmm. pray. Uh, because you almost, it's almost like you, you're, you're going so hard, you have to do yeah. something uh, to keep yourself in that habit of personal devotion or else 
uh, in the, in that, in the busyness of the yeah. revival, you'd miss it. And, uh, so he said, that's what he would do to make it easy for himself to get right into uh, devotion. But what, what were the things that you would do, um, that, uh, before you went down, of course you lived here, mm-hmm. you graduated high school. Yeah. How did you feel led? Again, today we're talking about being led by the spirit and the power of it. How did you, uh, connect with the school and the, and the revival? And then how did you feel led to do that? Yeah, so I think it started really, um, I had a series of events happen um, in my high school with a football injury, and, uh, you know, it ended ended that area of my life, and uh, through that event, it really drove me to seeking the Lord, and I remember being in my bedroom, and the Lord spoke to me out of, out of Isaiah 42, and uh, that was really a, a one of those pivotal moments where God called me into the ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember sharing it with my parents and, and the confirmation that was around it. So that, that first divine instruction, knowing that that was the call of God was on my life and that I was um, part of God's plan for my life, that was the launching point. And then from that point, uh, my parents always had a hunger for the things of God, things of the Spirit. Um, my dad was very successful um, and what he was doing, multi-million dollar construction company, and uh, felt, you know, he just was passionate. He would he would serve the Lord as the worship pastor uh, full-time and do that. And that was really um, that hunger that they had um, where they started, and they heard about the move of God, and we took a, a family vacation to go there. Um, and then from that point on, you know, being exposed in that environment as you were sharing, I mean, you could feel the the tangible weight of the glory of God, even when you were standing outside the building. There was a there was a tangible glory you could feel. Um, you know, there's levels of and levels of manifestations of God's presence. But I remember visiting there for the first time, and you could feel the weightiness of God's presence, wow. like I had never felt before. And from that point on, being exposed to that, you know. Um, I just began to pray about it, but it, it became very clear. I want to be where the glory of God is being poured out in this way. And so we prayed about it, but it was one of those things that God just confirmed, uh, in our hearts and, uh, and so launched out into that. And then, uh, you know, again, uh, so you felt by being at the revival, yeah. you felt that draw immediately yeah. to like, I'm, I'm coming here for school. Yeah. Now, when you went, did they have a school already? When you went to the uh, revival, yeah. So it was it was young. It was probably a year, a year, maybe a year and a half old, and um, and so there were uh, they had professors coming in, Dr. Michael Brown, as you mentioned, yep. um, and uh, those men of God, um, they they just began to to gather and people that had been impacted by it, and so you know there were times where um, the the glory of God would just break out in in a teaching. Wow. And uh, and they would shut it down. Matter of fact, they had two years, and uh, they had an orange campus, an orange sanctuary, and a blue sanctuary. It was the colors of the sanctuary. And matter of fact, what they would do is they would call code blue. So if the glory of God broke out in the one facility, and they're right beside each other, but large sanctuaries, they would call uh, code blue. So everybody in the orange came wow. over, and then vice versa, code orange where the glory of God would just break out. You'd walk in, people would just be, you know, some people would just be prostrate before the Lord, but you could feel the tangible weight of God's glory and his presence and, you know, people hearing from God, um, people being called to, to go overseas, people um, being, you know, called to various ministries that, that where the presence and the glory of God, there was that divine instruction being released that would really be... Um, those marking moments of, of some individuals' lives where they would knew where God would call them to, to wow. go. Because we were positioned in a place where the glory of God was being poured out. And, and you know, really that became a place where they, they really, you know, became such a, a hosting place for the glory and the presence of God um, and that continual prayer base that was there too. So it was, it was powerful. And like I said, a lot of those moments where the presence of God was moving, you know, it was just hearing the voice, hearing those divine instructions Absolutely. Were, were pivotal moments in our lives that really marked us yep. and, and shaped us for who we are today. And the thing is, you knew, as far as with the leading of the Holy Spirit, you knew by the Spirit of God, that's where you were supposed to be. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, he made it clear and, and confirmed it, you know. He put it in our hearts and, and, then, um, and then just knowing, um, that knowing and that confirmation of, of that's the divine instruction for the next steps. And, um, you know, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of places you could go. There's a lot of places you, um, that were out there. But just hearing from the Lord and getting that confirmation yeah. on the divine instruction of what God wanted to deposit in our lives for the, the mission and the mandates he called us to. Well, that happened key. for me. But, I mean, like, and I've told it on the broadcast multiple times, you know, I was set to go to one place. Mm. And that's where my whole family had gone. Mm-hmm. That's where Jonathan was. That's mm-hmm. where everybody that in my family before me had all gone to Bible school there, mm-hmm. including my grandparents. Yeah. And um, that's where I was going. Mm-hmm. And then as I began to pray, that's when I felt uh, the true leading. Because I really thought about, you know, I really never have prayed, prayed mm-hmm. about it. I just kind of assumed mm-hmm. that, you know, since that's where everybody in our yeah. family went, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I felt the Lord speak to me very clearly to go and be a part of what uh, Brother Hagen was doing in, in Tulsa. And it made all the difference. Those that are watching and listening, uh, we're looking at this thought from Psalm 81. And um, really, four verses of Scripture that uh, we want to kind of go over with you and, and show you there's a big benefit to being led by the Spirit of God. A massive benefit Amen. to being led by God's Spirit. I want to cover four with you today with Pastor Nathan uh, of what happens, what takes place as you are led by God's Spirit. And um, I'm in Psalm 81, verses 13 through 16, um, and God speaking here and says, Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Now look at the nature of God for his people that follow his voice. Verse 14 says, I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. So if you're listening, the first benefit um, to being led by the Spirit, doing, obeying the Word of God, obeying the instruction and leading of God, here he said, I would, uh, I would soon subdue their enemies and, and turn my hand against their foes. And so one of the first things you've got to understand is that when you obey the instructions of God, he fights your battles for you. So everything that opposes you, see when you're, one of the things I like to break out is that when you do your own thing, Mm -hmm. when you make your own choices, you're required to fight your own battles. But when you do what the Lord asks you to do and you follow his instruction, his leading, he fights your battles for you. And that's, that's a massive thing people don't understand. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen somebody go and do their own thing, but as they do it, it's something God never told them yeah. to do. So they start to expend all their own resources. They have to use all their own strength. They're responsible for their own peace yeah. and joy, yeah. their relationships, and things begin to suffer because they, they're doing something maybe the Lord never told them to do. Maybe they're doing it out of comparison. Yeah. And I think, you know, that you see that much of the history of Israel was based off that. You hear the frustration of God in this. He said, I let them follow their own stubborn desires to live according to their own ideas, their mm-hmm. thoughts, their own reasoning. And, uh, you know, you, one of the things you, you were even saying last night was, uh, you know, is that you can't go based off your own understanding. You know, you can't live off your own understanding, your own human reasoning. You have to learn to, to lean into God. He said that they would follow me and I'll show them the path, the version I have. And I think that if we're not careful, yet we're looking at other people's lives. We're looking sometimes at their success. And we want God to bless what we think is the right path. Right. And yeah. God's saying, like, no, that's not how it works. Um, if you're going to if you're going to walk in that victory, uh, you've got to follow me and uh, I'll unfold it. But I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are looking at other people's lives instead of looking to Christ for the, the game plan mm-hmm. and the blueprint for their life. And, and people get like you said, they burn out. Um, they end up some of them don't even end up serving the Lord because they're asking God to bless something that he's not in. Right. So I think That's it's exactly a powerful right. truth. And because, and what happens, and this is very sad because what you see happen to people is that they think they're doing something and then they start, well, how come God's not blessing it? Yeah. And then they burn out 
and then they get mad at God or mad at the church or say, oh, this stuff doesn't work yeah. or the word doesn't work. It's not that the word doesn't work and it's not that God's not uh, an assist, someone who's assisting you. He is assisting people right. that are doing what he's asked them to do. And uh, he said, if you'll do that, I'll subdue your enemies, turn my hand against your foes. Uh, the next verse, verse 15 says, and those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him. Those who hate the Lord will cringe toward him. So even the things that really are set up in this world system against the things of God, against the people of God, will literally be, uh, those plans will be foiled, if you will. That God, everything that is anti-God, anti-Christ, they begin to cringe. So you begin to operate with such a power that even things that were, maybe they weren't even against you. But notice, they're against God. They're anti-Christ. They're anti-God in their system. They begin to cringe as God is on your side as you begin to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. One of the things I tell people often, too, is you start to realize it's not that people get discouraged. You're like, well, they're against me. They're not necessarily against you. It's just that once you took the platform of standing for the things of God, yeah. they're against that. That's it. And if you stand for that, then they're against you. But it's that's only it. because they're against that. Yeah. And that's when you start to see that there's an anti-God, anti-Christ system that's exactly. already been at work in the exactly. earth. The moment you stand for God and for Christ, you're on that platform that they oppose. Exactly. And the, and the key here, uh, the Lord is saying, if they listen to me and obey my voice, then even uh, those that hate me would cringe toward them. So in the, think about this, how powerful this is. In the same way that they would cringe toward God, they'll cringe towards mm -hmm. God's people. That's it. You know, that, that's so powerful. Matter of fact, that was one of the warnings that, that Paul gave Timothy. He said, they'll be lovers of pleasure rather right. than lovers of God. Yeah. They'll hate what is good and mm -hmm. they'll love what is evil. Mm -hmm. I mean, that... So, you know, what we carry, we're carriers of God's presence. And and Jesus, you know, he said, if, if they hated me, they're going to hate you because that, as you said, there's that antichrist agenda. There's, you know, their father, it, they don't, we don't have the same father. So exactly. what we carry, that glory and that presence of God and the goodness of God, they hate it, you know, and they hate to see what we stand for. And then you know, I, I think we've seen that in our world today. There's an intolerance towards the things of God now. Absolutely. The, the, towards the church. No you know? question. Um, well, why don't you accept this or accept this kind of people? Or and, and the truth is we love all people, but there's a truth of God's word that we must follow and live by. This is the divine instruction we live by. And so people hate that. It, it causes them to cringe towards us because we are carriers of the of the presence of God and carriers of truth that they they choose they willingly make a choice yep. to hate and turn against and look what he says he said they'll cringe toward him and their fate would last forever mm. so it's not that like you'll have victory one day and then you're back to, back to struggling again the next mm. day the lord said if you would just consistently follow my ways then those who oppose what i do their fate would last forever, meaning they'll stay in that place of being wow. subdued forever. Wow. If you look, and, and of course we're looking at an Old Testament passage here, and we know what, as you were mentioning, the story of Israel, serve God for a little while, rebel against him for a while, and then be taken into captivity or be destroyed or be defeated in battle. Then back to him because the prophets would call them back and they'd repent and they'd fast and pray and seek the Lord and live righteous again. And then again, they'd rebel. Mm. And that's, that's the story of the Old Testament. Obey, rebel, obey, rebel, obey, rebel. And it was these, it was like a mountain peak mm. and valley type of a lifestyle for Israel and Judah That's it. because of the way that they would obey, then rebel, obey, then rebel. And then you see what happens. They'd be victorious. Then they'd be subdued. Mm -hmm. Then they'd be victorious. Then they'd go into captivity. Mm -hmm. Then they'd be victorious. And then nations would defeat them and the Philistines would take the Ark of the Covenant. You know, they, it would just be up and down. But God is saying here that if you would just obey me, listen to me, walk in my ways, I'll not only, uh, have those that hate me cringe toward you, their fate will last forever, which it's talking there about a never ending victory for God's people. That's it. You won't go into captivity. You won't be defeated. You won't have all these things happen. It'll just be never ending victory for you That's it. and your enemies, their fate will last forever. 
That's powerful because God's promising if we'll simply follow his voice, follow his ways, then we will walk in a never-ending victory and even the antichrist system of this world will not be able to subdue who we are. That's it. And I think that's what's got to keep us as believers dependent upon the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, you think about, uh, you know, I think about the passage of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The, The enemies came before them and instead of doing it their own way, they turn to the Lord and God gives them a divine instruction yep. that will actually do what this passage is saying. It would subdue the enemies. You know, it would cause the battle to become the Lord's because they're, they're walking in a divine instruction that will break them out. The enemies were real. The battle was real. Yep. Um, the foe was real. And that's the thing. You know, we're going to have battles. We're going to see um, enemies come against the working of God in our life. But if we'll follow that divine instruction, as you said, they're, they're doomed forever. And on our side, we are blessed. To, we are, the blessing will rest upon us, just like the curse is going to rest upon right. those who reject the instruction of God. The blessing rests upon us, as you were saying, to cause us to walk in consistent victory after victory. It's like Aaron was saying, I think it's Aaron or not, and not Jake on uh, Facebook, referencing 2 Chronicles 20. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's it. As you're saying, God, all he asked them to do mm-hmm. was to go out against them. That's, That's it. it. That's it. He didn't ask them to fight their battle. Mm-hmm. He said, I will actually fight for you. The Lord's That's fighting it. for you. That's I'm it. just asking you to go out. That's it. And the thing that I think people forget, they either think, uh, I'm going to do it all by myself or God's going to do it all for me. Yeah. And it never works either That's way. Right. He always works with you. That's right. As you obey, he's right with you. Yeah. You go back to the New Testament, the book of Acts, and the Lord working with them and signs following. That's it. They still had to go do the work. That's right. But the Lord worked with them. That's it. And the same thing today is, is the leading of the Spirit. You're not going to go do it all by yourself. But at the same time, you can't sit on the couch and say, God's going to do it all for me. Yeah. He's looking for people that will just obey and move forward. That's it. And as you obey and move forward by faith... He then subdues your enemies and makes those that hate him cringe toward you. Number three, he says, uh, verse 16, that I would feed you with the finest of the wheat. Catch that. I'll feed you with the finest of the wheat. That's good. And so truly, divine provision is attached to obedience to the Lord's uh, commands and instructions for your life. People don't realize this is why it's so important to be obedient to the instructions of God. It brings provision. Amen. God pays for what he orders. That's good. Good. And, and, you you know, I'm sure you saw that. He pays. Yeah, put it in the comments. And and I think, you know, you look at it. He said, if you're you're willing and what? And obedient. Mm -hmm. And and that shows you that it doesn't, uh, when I come under the lordship of Jesus, it can't be my way. It's got to be, I am yielded to yeah. the work of the Spirit. And matter of fact, the more you yield, the easier it is. That's exactly it, right. Because I'm not living off my own reasoning, my own plans. I'm living off the divine instructions that God gives me, and it's producing unending breakthrough in my life. And then the, you know, again, to reference Second Chronicles 20, what, what happened? The blessing and the plunder took three days to, to actually... All the best of the land that was, you know, the enemy had withheld now became the children of God, all based off a of divine instruction. That's right. Now they're eating the best. Matter of fact, they have too much. They have more. I mean, they couldn't even care. Think about it. And the, the, the blessing and the feasting was lasted way longer than the actual battle itself. That's right. And, and so you see that, that, that scripture that you'll eat the best of the land. Mm-hmm. That you, because we're willing and obedient, God reserves for his children the best. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How They didn't even fight. So in 2 Chronicles 20, by the, the Bible says by the time they got to, I think the New Living says, the lookout <laughs> point in the wilderness and looked down yeah. into the valley, all their enemies were already dead. Dead bodies. So by the time they, however long it took them to walk to the lookout point, mm. it was already done. And then you think about what the Bible says next. They went down into that valley where their tents were all still set up and all their resources were there. And it took them three full days to collect the spoils. It took them three full days yeah. to pull 
all the resources out of those tents, yeah. marched them back. So, I always think about how much that must have been because how many people were in the armies of Judah and Jerusalem and, yeah. and, and, and Israel? How many men were going out to fight? And if they're all taking armfuls back from that, hmm. it took three full days yeah. for that to be collected. How many resources do you think that was? That an army of men carried back and forth, back and forth, armfuls of stuff for three full days. You look at that. I would feed you with the finest of yes. wheat. And you, you, see, you see that? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for That's the just. And it. as you obey and do what the Lord's asking you to do, there's a transfer. There's a transfer. There's a transfer. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really interesting to me. I mentioned this when I was preaching the other night. It's really interesting to me how the same things can happen for different people. And as long as it's a wicked person that it's happening for, the world will applaud it. Mm -hmm. The same, yeah. not even the same, take a much lesser thing and let it, it happen for a child of God and the world condemns it. That's it. I was thinking about how, um, you know, of course we could go back and talk about MTV Cribs. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to oh, watch yeah. Filthy rappers and pop stars and all this. They wanted to watch and get excited about oh, and applaud yeah. their mansions and their homes and their cars and all that. Let one Christian get blessed to half that level. Yeah. And people start condemning them. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about when the Toronto Raptors won the championship a few years back. Um, I can't remember. You remember what year that was, Zach? They won the, they won the championship. And there was it was news mm. that Drake, the rapper, had put them all on his plane and just all night was kind of, they were just flying over the city of Toronto celebrating. Wow. And you think about the, and now now Drake has a plane. It was 2019, so two years ago. Now Drake has a plane that's a 767, is that right? He doesn't even have a private jet. He's got a 767 plane. A passenger plane. I mean, something that Delta would fly or American Airlines. A 767. And just spent, how much money, Zach? 35 million to redo the interior because he had um, Virgil Abloh. He had Virgil Abloh from Louis Vuitton come and redo the whole inside of that 767 in Louis Vuitton print. They've got separate little rooms inside the plane. One's like the black Louis Vuitton room. So all it's black leather with the LV pattern. The other's the white Louis Vuitton room. It's like a red Louis Vuitton. So like you have all these done. He spent 35 million redoing the inside of his 767 wow. and everybody's like oh how awesome is that yeah you know how amazing Celebrate. and people are you know yeah. and yeah. let one christian get a jet or a plane it's on it's on good morning america oh, yeah. it's you know it's on all headline these news headline news newspapers. oh yeah let just let one happen forget even just buying one let let christians charter them yeah and fly on charter jets oh it you know there must be something crooked going on oh, yeah. must be something crooked and it's funny to me, this is why I want to encourage those of you watching to not be uh, upset or discouraged when there are people with an antichrist uh, spirit and agenda who do not like or condemn the blessing of God that's on your life. They will never be happy that's it. about the blessing yeah. of God that's on your life. They'll never celebrate it. There's, yeah, and there's never a peace treaty. Well, you know, if you if I just live to this level, maybe they won't. That's right. You know, it's almost that fear, of, you know, but when the Lord blesses you, you can't be ashamed of it. And you can't, you cannot. You can't back off the message of prosperity and what God wants to do in your life. Uh, based on what you think the world might come at you with. You right. have to adhere yourself to this word and uh, the divine instruction. I love that, that within the divine instruction of God mm -hmm. is your key to prosperity. That's exactly right. And is your key to blessing and breakthrough. And we see that in the life of Abraham. And what I find is in, in all of these things, when God gives divine instruction, it it many times contradicts human reasoning and human wisdom. Yeah. It, it, why would I do this, God? Why would I leave this? Why would I? And, and you know, I've seen that in my own life. You know, I know you, you've experienced it as well, where the instruction of God didn't seem reasonable. That's right. With your own, and, and you have even goodwill people. talk, Try to talk people, and they have, talking people out of divine instruction. Yep. Parents talking young people out of that place of following the divine instruction. And then, as you said earlier, it, it never ends well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, look at Jonah. Doesn't debate, obey divine instruction. How does that end up for him? You know, and thank God for the mercy of God today. That he is a God that, you know, when you, when you end up having to hit rock bottom because you've rejected the word, that God is gracious and merciful to help you. But some people don't even get back to that point either. Right. So It's like one preacher I was listening to say, said this. Um, I believe his name was uh, Pastor Daniel Olakoya in Nigeria. He said, some mistakes are easy to recover from. He said, other mistakes are very hard to recover yeah, from. And he said, other mistakes you never recover from. Wow. And he said, you, that's why that. you can't be flippant about your life and about obeying the Lord's instruction and your calling and your purpose. That's it. Because you don't want, I've had people walk up to me and say, you know, what? would you pray for me? You know, the Lord's called me to preach 30 years ago and I'm just believing it'll begin to manifest. It's like, bro, yeah, you've waited 30 years to obey the instruction of God upon your life. I mean, do you think God's just waiting around for you for 30 years or does he have an agenda on the earth that he wants to be carried out? That's like me saying like, you know, I got, I got a, uh, I got a broken uh, uh, pipe in my kitchen and I've got some issues worth water leaking out. And uh, I called this, this plumber and he said he's going to be here, but it's been about 12 years. He hasn't come. Do you think I'm going to sit there and wait on that plumber for 12 years? Yeah. I won't even sit and wait on him for 12 months. Yeah. I'm not even going to wait on him a month. If he doesn't respond to the, the job that I need done, yeah. because we have to think of it that way. It's not just about your life or my life. It's about those that we're going to touch. Yeah. It's God's agenda to reach this generation. Do you think God's going to wait 30 years for somebody to step up and do what he's called him to do, he'll call other people. Yeah. I'll call another plumber. I'll call yeah. another plumber quickly. Yeah. If you're not out here to do what I need done, I'm going to find somebody who is out here. That's it. And we have to think about it that way. It's, it's God who has an agenda that he wants to be carried out on the earth. And when we uh, hear his voice, we need to quickly obey him. That's it. I heard one, one person say like this, delayed obedience is just disobedience. Still, yeah. You know? You're still out of the will of God. Right. It's exactly right. And God has an agenda he wants to be carried out. And so he's saying, if you'll obey me, if you'll move forward in what I'm asking you to do, I will feed you with the finest of the wheat. I want you to get catch that. Finest. That's it. I'm going to make that a, a, make that a point. It's not just I'll feed you with something that'll cause you to survive. Yeah. Just to live on. God said what he meant. The finest of the wheat. The finest. God wants to bless his people. He, he referenced Isaiah 119. If you're willing and obedient, you'll not just eat anything. Yeah. You'll eat the good of the land. Yeah. The finest of the wheat. That's right. You know, you think about where God positioned people throughout his, his word. He positioned Moses, who should have been murdered, in the palace of Pharaoh. Joseph, who should have been murdered in the palace, second in command. Nobody was above him. I mean, you go, you go on through all of God's children, even when they went into captivity. Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were really captives. Yeah. They were captives. That's right. You know, and, uh, and they were raised up through the ranks. To the best of the best. Look at David. He was just a shepherd, but raised up to the best of the best. To the place where when it was time for him to give an offering to build God's temple, he gave $6 billion in gold and silver in today's value. $6 billion. And, and you look at God's people throughout. Paul, the apostle, is a prisoner on his way to Rome. And they get shipwrecked and end up on the island of Malta. And the Bible says that by the time he's just done doing what the Lord asked him to do, he's sleeping in the governor's mansion, eating at the governor's table, being brought, and they bring him gifts from all over the island. And before they leave, the people of the island come and fully supply his ship and stock it with gifts and with resources. It could, could not be blessed. Yeah. When you obey the instructions of the Lord, it's the finest. Why do people feel bad? about receiving the finest? I think it, it comes because uh, it, you haven't renewed your mind based off what God said is yours. You know, it, it's, it is uh, the, the way of the world to attack the blessing of the, they're attacking the blessing of the Lord upon your life. 
So people build up, and, and people hear all kind of stupidity uh, from people that, you know, mean well, but they don't understand the word. They don't understand the covenant. Well, you know, God doesn't really want you to prosper to that level. He just, you know, and so people hear all of the philosophies and the thinkings of the world and, the, and they mix in man's thinking and they water down the word so that it ends up building a resistance in people's faith to attract the wealth the covenant wealth that God wants to get into their life. It's these ideas and philosophies, and Paul talked about that in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He talks about that don't conform any longer. People have conformed uh, because they heard someone say it. They might even have heard a a, a minister say it. Um, Well, you know, God's not for that. God doesn't really want to prosper you. You know, you don't want that you know, health and wealth, you know, but when you look at what God's covenant says, if you don't renew your mind, you're going to build your whole life on what somebody else says or what the world thinks about the covenant of God, you know, and then there's no end to that, that cycle and that path, you know, so what if they don't like the Holy Spirit? What if they don't like, you know, there's no end to that thinking because the enemy will never be satisfied until it's steal, kill and destroyed the whole thing. So, you have to eradicate from your life that kind of thinking, and the only way you can do it is through the renewal of the Word of God. God, if you did it for Abraham, I'm under a greater covenant. I'm the seed of Abraham. God, if you did it, you know, for Paul, like you just referenced in Acts, if you did it, if God did it for one, He'll do it for me because He loves me, and God knows how to take care of His children. God knows. He's a good father. He's not an earthly. Earthly fathers should, a good earthly father should know how to take care of his children. How much more the, the ultimate father, the father in heaven, knows how to take care of his children That's and right. give them good gifts. Good gifts. You, gotta, you have to eradicate and you have to learn how to, to recognize it in your life. Because some people have traces of poverty mindsets, yes, traces of things in their life. And by the working of the Spirit, He'll teach you how to prosper and He'll show you areas that are tripping you up, keeping you from obtaining everything that God said is actually your inheritance. That's right. It's your inheritance that Christ shed His blood for that you're rejecting because of bad philosophies, bad things you've heard. But, but if you uproot those things with the pure Word of God, you'll come in to what Christ shed his blood for. Yeah, you think about how people are backed off of what what belongs to them, literally, because here's the thing, the devil knows he can't stop it from happening. Exactly. So instead of being able to stop it, what does he do instead? He comes in and tries to make your mindset change so that instead of him, because he can't stop it, he wants you to stop going after it. That's it. And if he can stop you from going after it, then he's he's gotten the same outcome with a different method. That's it. If he could stop it, he would, but he can't because your covenant of blessing yeah. is between you and God only. There's nobody that can That's infiltrate right. that covenant. So instead of being able to infiltrate it, he tries to infiltrate you, That's right. your mind, and get you to start thinking about things that are not true. You know, not true. For example, there's this mindset. I shouldn't have too much because there's people that don't have enough. Yeah. Those two things have nothing to do with each other. Nothing at all to do with each other. I shouldn't prosper because there's others who aren't prospering. What a stupid way to think. Because in all honesty, if you today brought an equal distribution of wealth across the earth, tomorrow you'd have rich people and poor people because that's just the way it works. That's just the way the world functions. Are you going to tell me, and I know that not everybody's at this place, but are you going to tell me that there, that everybody's at the same stewardship level or intelligence level or holiness level or uh, instruction obedience level? No. There are some people that are just rebellious. Some people are poor stewards. Some people aren't, you know. And so you you got to realize that even if we did distribute the wealth equally across the whole earth, it won't stay that way. No. And, and you got to realize that just because somebody doesn't have doesn't mean I shouldn't have. Yeah. Because think about it. Even when you get to the thought process of, well, then how can I bless those that don't have? Like the Bible instructs us to. With the poor, to bless the poor. Yeah. I can't do that if I'm at a just enough level. That's it. How could I even do the things that the Bible commands like tithe yeah. or give 
or bless the poor if I don't even have enough to pay my own bills. And so when you start to look at what God wants to do for you, cause you to overflow, it's important to remember it's not all about you. And now I, I do believe that the number one reason God blesses you is not so you can be a blessing, but it's because he loves you. That's why God blesses you. He loves you. As Pastor Nathan just quoted, he's a loving and a good heavenly father who knows how to give good gifts to his children, to those that ask him. The number one reason, I want you to put this in the comments if you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, just say it out loud. Or unless you're taking notes, write it in your notes. God blesses me primarily because he loves me. God blesses me primarily because he loves me. And he does. He does love you. He does want, you know, I don't think about my children and say, you know, when Christmas comes around, yeah. I'm going to buy them those gifts so they can go out in the neighborhood yeah. and share them with the kids. Yeah. That's not my thought process. My thought process is, and I want them to share. I want them to have a good attitude with what they own. But I'm not buying them gifts because the first thing I want to see is them out the door sharing them with another kid. I'm buying them gifts because I love them. Yeah, I want to see them blessed. I want to see them raised up with more than enough, as I'm sure you do. And that's the point Jesus made. You earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. And so uh, primarily, and we're made in the likeness of the image of God. So the way we feel about our children, multiply that by infinity, and that's how God feels about his children. He wants to bless you so abundantly, it makes the devil's head spin. And that's the key. He blesses you primarily because he loves you. Now, are you blessed to be a blessing? Of course. The Bible says that's part of the Abrahamic covenant. I'll bless you and I will make you a blessing. You'll be a blessing to your generation. But you can't bless your generation if you're first not blessed. And so the first thing that should receive the blessing in this process is you. And then it goes out to others. Goes out to others. And I want you to see this. The fourth thing, same verse, verse 16 said, I'll feed you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. With honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. Listen to this now. Contentment and peace come from obeying the instructions of God. Contentment and peace. So good. And I think, you know, you you think about it. A lot of people might have wealth, they might have abundance, but if you, but if it's if God is not your source, those two things you just said will never be part of the equation. You know the blessing. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes a man rich, yeah. and He adds no sorrow to That's it. That's it. If you just look at that verse in the, in a different light, you could say it that, that people that don't have the blessing of God that sorrow is always attached to it. Yep. Discontentment. It's never enough. Why? Because they're, they're not serving God. They don't have in, they're not living for God. Their God is their stuff, their materials, their things, what they can acquire. So it, because they, they, and it's idols, they're just living for, you're going to worship and live for something. Yep. And people that live for wealth and just simple material gain and all those things, it ends up leaving them discontent. It ends up leaving them without peace and without joy. And so then they have to constantly mask those things with more stuff. Then it becomes addictions. Then it becomes, you know, whatever. They're trying to fill something because they're still discontent. Mm. They have everything, but they've ultimately, as Jesus said, they've gained the world, but they forfeited their soul. Yep. And so their soul is in torment. torment. Their soul is is without peace. Their soul is in a place where it's never going to be enough, no matter what they get, no matter what car, no matter what house. That's true. Right after they get it, they're, they're, they feel that emptiness within days, that new thing. Doesn't is, matter anymore. It doesn't, and so that, that right there is something that the wealth of those, the wealth of the world, the wealth of those who are the wealth that's in the hands of the wicked, they can't obtain that last point that you made. It's impossible because that only comes through the blessing of the Lord. You know, Jim Carrey, the actor, had a great quote about this, actually. And he's, he's gone crazy, but he had a great quote about this. He said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous so that they could realize it's not the answer. Wow. That, that's what he said. 
Now here's a man that's made millions upon millions, tens of millions of dollars making movies. Buy, you can buy anything you want, go wherever you want, do whatever you want, have whatever you want. He said, I wish everybody could be rich and famous so that they could realize it's not the answer. And there's nothing wrong with being rich. You know, I get that pushback all the time on, on YouTube, people commenting on my videos about the blessing of the Lord, prosperity, uh, and they'll, they'll, you know, they go into that whole thought and they, they have this skewed way of thinking that if you have money, it's because you're evil mm. and it's because you worship money or yeah. you love money. And I, I told a guy last night on, on YouTube, I said, you don't have to love money to have it. Yeah. <laughs> you can have it and not love it. That's it. Jesus had money. You think he loved it? He had so much money that he had a treasurer that carried a money bag that the treasurer often stole from and they never noticed. They never noticed. You think Jesus had money because he loved money or because you can have money and be blessed without serving it and loving it? That's it. And so there's people with a skewed mindset that, well, you shouldn't have. And, and really, if you go back, that's how, that's how monks and, uh, you know, people like that, that, that live and lock, lock themselves away in monasteries. And, you know, they have this life of um, asceticism where it's like, well, things are evil, yeah. so we should purge ourselves yeah. of things. You know, uh, having many clothes is evil, so I should only wear a monk's robe. You know, ha being able to sleep comfortably is evil. You know, yeah. th th those of you that don't know, there was this whole period of time of, of extreme asceticism yeah. where it's like, you know what? Uh, everything fleshly is evil, yeah. so we should purge ourselves of all yeah. things fleshly. We shouldn't be able to even sleep comfortably. Yeah. And they'd taking, sleep on taking hard vows of poverty. Poverty. Yeah. You know, they would do so much so they believed anything that made the flesh comfortable is evil. Yeah. To the point where they would wear their robes and they would put sharp later on in in history. At first, it was like horsehair, mm. but then they would put sharp metal um, uh, wire in their clothing, so their flesh would always be pricked. Mm. So they would never be comfortable because if the flesh is comfortable, that's evil. Wow. Fasting, they, they would fast not for holy purposes, but because they believed that satisfying your body with yeah. food was evil. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they wouldn't sleep through the night. Yeah. They would have, you know, bells go off and they would have to get up in the middle of the night to go to some prayer vigil mm. because sleeping comfortably was evil for your flesh. It's a wicked thing wicked. because that you think about the fact that God has given us good yeah. things to bless us. Yeah. God gives his loved ones rest. He blesses them financially. He heals their bodies. He brings them comfort. And uh, it's, it's a wicked twisting. It really is. That anything of your flesh is evil. It's not evil. It's just allowing your flesh to, guard, to guide you carnally is yeah. evil. But if you live by the spirit and don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, God will bless you. Yep. He'll satisfy you. He'll comfort you. And that's, the, and that's what his plan is. What's the key? Being led by the Spirit. I'll finish this and I'll have Pastor pray for you. The Bible says in Romans 8, 14, that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you're a son of God, I preached this yesterday to the church here. I said, and I saw women turning and laughing at each other because I had everybody say, I'm a son of God. And, and that's what the Bible teaches. We're all sons of God. Man or woman, doesn't matter. We're sons of God. I told him it's the same way I'm going to be the bride of Christ as a man. Because in the spirit, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither male nor female, neither slave nor free. We're all one in Christ and we're all the sons of God. If we're the sons of God, then we can be led by the spirit of God. Maybe you're in a place right now where you feel like you're struggling to be led or to hear his voice. Maybe you're like, man, I need to figure out my purpose. I need to figure out my calling. I need to know what the Lord's instructing me to do so I can jump on it and be blessed. We're praying that today Amen. that your ears would be open in the spirit, your eyes would be open in the spirit, and that you'd be able to clearly hear from God and be blessed. I'm going to have Amen. Pastor Nathan pray for you and believe God that from this day forward, Amen. you're running into your purpose. Amen. Two things I want to pray because I think it's important to these two principles in hearing the voice of God. Number one is humility. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a key because if you think you have it and you've got it all figured out, then you'll never be able to hear the voice of God. The other thing is hunger. So those two things, hunger is something that 
God, I want to hear. I have a desire. I'm positioning my heart and my ears to hear. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the working of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you said you would send another just like you. And he would lead us and guide us into all truth. Yes, He would be our comforter. He would be our teacher. He'd be our strengthening, our our standby. He would be everything we need. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love the working of God in our life. We thank you today that those who are sons of God, it is our divine blessing. It is to our our great joy that we can hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. God, I thank you. We're going to hear your voice clear. I thank you as we humble ourselves, as we live to, uh, to be hungry for the things of God, we'll continue to hear the voice of God consistently. Father, I thank you. Uh, even for those who are watching today, I pray that if there's anything hindering them hearing, maybe it's unforgiveness right now. Uh, maybe there's things in their life that they're living in, in sin. And today, I thank you as they humble themselves and they repent and they turn from those things, I thank you their ears are beginning to open. I thank you that clarity is coming. I thank you that as we give you praise and thanks, we will live and walk in the perfect will of God for our life. We'll never miss it. We'll never miss a step. We'll never get behind and we'll never get ahead. We'll walk in the grace of God and we'll hear the voice of God with greater clarity. We thank you for it today and we receive by faith divine instruction after divine instruction that leads us into endless victory. In Jesus' Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, love you. We're here in Washington, PA, all week, Champion Christian Center. All the information is at miracleword.com. Click the schedule page. You'll see everything, times, address, everything you need. I want to encourage you before you go to sow a seed today by faith. Those that are watching, maybe the Lord's speaking to you to partner with this ministry. Go to miracleword.com. You can click on the partner page. You can see all we're doing. You can fill out the form and stand with us today. Maybe you want to sow a one-time seed. You're believing God for increase in your life. You can always sow. All of the ways to give and to sow are on the website. Whether you want to use PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, Zelle, cryptocurrency, doesn't matter. You can go to miracleword.com. When you click on the give page, you'll see all the methods that you can use to give. This month of August, we're sending you Bishop Oyedepo's book, Operating in the Supernatural, a powerful book from a powerful man of God that'll show you how to walk in the power of God, just the way that they do. He'll reveal to you secrets the Lord showed him from scripture and stories from his own life and ministry that really will build your faith. That's our gift to you in the month of August, Operating in the Supernatural. We're gonna be live again tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, These revival services are continuing. And then, of course, we'll be back with you again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. And uh, we'll be with you here all week. So we're we're looking forward to it. I love you guys. Pastor Nathan, thank you for joining me. Yeah, love to be with you. Angel, demon, human video. Maybe we'll come out with our own YouTube channel separately. Be ready. Just for uh, human videos. I think it'll be great. We love you guys. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.